You are entering the theater of the mind, an arcane radio theater works podcast series featuring dramatizations of strange and fantastical tales. Series two begins now. into the darkest recesses of the mind, a place where evil lurks and nightmares dwell. So lock your doors, shut your windows, and turn out the lights. Prepare yourself for Tales to Tremble By. Welcome, listeners. This is your horror host, the Tomb Traveler, lurking through time to unearth another of our classic terror tales from deep within the depths of our creepy crypt of lurid literature. (laughs) Have you ever stared at a picture or portrait and thought you saw it move? Perhaps it was a painting of a large ship whose sails suddenly filled as its bow began to rise and fall in the cresting waves, or a portrait that seemingly shifted its position or expression ever so slightly. If so, perhaps it's time for you to check yourself into a sanitarium. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to make light of this, although that is my way. (laughs) Here is a tale of real horror. What are the ties that bind, and how much freedom are we willing to sacrifice to another person or society out of love, duty, or fear? I'll leave you all to ponder that question as you experience Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper, adapted once more by our very own purveyor of fright, Jeff G. Rack. Enjoy episode two of Tales to Tremble By. <laughs> I believe the year to be 1890, or possibly 91. I'm not quite sure, as my husband John has for some time forbidden me to read a newspaper for fear that it might upset me and exacerbate my condition. That is why we have come here to this strange house on a remote island. John refers to it as a colonial mansion, but I would say it is more like a haunted house, as I feel that there is something decidedly queer about it. John is a physician and has no patience with faith, an intense horror of superstition, and scoffs openly at any talk of things that cannot be felt or seen or put down in figures. So I keep these thoughts to myself and must be satisfied with writing them down in my journal. Even though John has also forbidden me to write a word, as he says, it only sets me back. He is not altogether wrong. It does exhaust me a good deal, having to be so sly about it. But I am a writer, so how can I not write? 
I don't mean to, but I get unreasonably angry with John these days. He says it is due to my nervous condition and that seclusion, fresh air, and complete rest is what I need until my temporary condition passes. Oh, my baby. My poor little boy. I must go to him. But John will be very upset with me if I leave my room. A newborn needs its mother, does it not? Perhaps now I might find that I will be able to bring myself to hold it, to comfort it. I'll just sneak down and return before they know I've even gone. Ellen? Ellen? Ellen! Jenny! Jenny! What's the matter? Where's the baby? Is he all right? He's fine. He's with Mary. Well, why is it crying? Shouldn't it be asleep? Babies wake up at night and they cry. That's what they do. Especially if people insist on yelling and slamming doors. I can't find Helen. Have you seen her? She was just in her room. She took her medication a half hour. Well, she's not in her room. She's gone. We need to find her. Dear God, you don't think she went outside. John, now calm down. How far could she have gone? We're on an island, remember? Don't you have a patient to see on the mainland? How can I leave with Helen missing? She's here someplace. We'll find her. You should go. Are you sure? Yes, go. I'm sure she's somewhere in the house. Sis, you're the best. When you find her, try and keep her in her room. Don't lock the door unless you feel you absolutely have to, but she needs to rest. And by all means, keep her away from the baby. Yes, of course. Now go. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. I hope so. We have guests coming tomorrow night, including Mother. I'll be back before they arrive. We'll have to keep Helen out of sight. Does that sound callous? No. You have your reputation to think of. Reputation, of course. We mustn't tarnish our precious reputation. How good of a doctor can he be if he can't treat his own wife? You're too hard on yourself, John. Like you've said, there's nothing to treat. Well, something's wrong with her. They call it depression, a nervous condition. Whatever it is, she should have snapped out of it by now. John, we're all doing the best we can. Are we? Go. I'll take care of things here. Thank you. Mary? Yes, ma'am? How's the baby? He's fine, ma'am. Just trying to get him back to sleep. I need to go find Mrs. Raymond. If you see her, don't let her near the baby. Is that clear? Of course, ma'am. Mrs. Raymond? Mrs. Raymond? Helen? Helen? As I searched through the labyrinthine corridors of the house, trying to find my child, 
I realized that I was completely lost, and that the cries seemed to come from every direction. It was the house. It was trying to keep me separated from my baby. <gasps> Mrs. Raymond, are you all right? Jenny, don't sneak up on me like that. You gave me a fright. I'm sorry. I've been looking all over for you. What are you doing in here? I thought I heard the baby crying. You don't need to worry about that. He's with Mary. Didn't I tell you to ring me if you wanted something or needed to leave your room? I was worried for the baby, and, and then I got confused and somehow ended up here. Where's the baby? With Mary. How is he? He's fine. Is he happy? Yes. He is a very happy baby. I'm so glad he is well and happy. It is fortunate that Mary is so good with him. It does weigh on me not to do my duty in any way, and yet I cannot be with him. Does that make me a bad mother? No. Now let's get you back to your room. Couldn't we just sit here for a moment? I am so tired. You need to be in bed. Please, please, just for a moment. Sit with me, please. Fine, but just for a moment. This must have been a delicious garden at one time. Lush and full and alive with color and life. I often wonder why this house has been so long and tenanted and uncared for. There's something queer and ghostly about it, don't you think? No, I don't. Now come along. No, there's something evil about this place. Something bad happened here. Nonsense. Perhaps it's just that it is unfamiliar. You've only been here a few weeks. Come now. You need your bed rest. I don't like that room. I never saw a worse paper in my life. Paper? The wallpaper. Don't tell me you haven't noticed it. The color is repellent. A smoldering, unclean yellow, lurid orange in some places, and sickly sulfur in others. <laughs> John laughed when I mentioned my hatred of the wallpaper, but of course one expects that in marriage. I admit that it's not the most appealing paper, but you do exaggerate. I suppose you're right. I've always had quite an active imagination. Did you ever lie awake as a child and stare at the plaster ceilings and wallpaper patterns and discover faces swirling around within them? I did. There was so much expression and life in those inanimate surfaces. I would be entertained and terrorized by them for hours. Even some of the furniture seemed alive to me. The knobs of our big old bureau used to wink at me and its ornate squirrel drawers looked like horrible grinning monsters ready to slide open and pull me inside of them. There was this one plush chair that always seemed like a strong friend and protector. I would hop into it whenever I was frightened, and it always made me feel safer somehow. Those are normal imaginings of a child dealing with their fears. But not for an adult. I didn't say that. You didn't have to. Well, I don't feel safe in that room. Can you believe it was once used as a nursery? There's one comfort. At least my baby does not have to occupy it. What a fortunate escape. It is a nice large room with plenty of air and sunshine. John brought you here so that you would have a peaceful place to rest and recover. Peaceful? 
That's not exactly the word I would use to describe that atrocious nursery or this house. And I know why John brought me here to this island. I am being terribly ungrateful, aren't I? John does try to take care of me and I do nothing in return. I meant to be such a help to him, a perfect wife and mother. And here I am, a burden, unable to handle even the most basic of duties. You mustn't say that. This is just temporary. Is it? Oh, yes. John says it is a temporary nervous condition, but it doesn't feel temporary. My mind is exhausted, and it seems to be sinking every day into some kind of deadness. Helen, you can't allow yourself to think that way. Sometimes I just want it all to be over with. You have to pull yourself together. Listen to me. You have to fight this. You have to get better for John and for the baby. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. I must get better for them. Oh, Jenny, I just wish I could get well faster. You must be patient and keep your mind on positive things, like the baby. Yes, the baby. Now let's get you back to bed. Otherwise, that won't happen. You won't say anything to John about our conversation, will you? I don't want to upset him further. It will be our little secret. But you have to promise me that you will try to eat more and get more rest. Come now. Grab my arm. <sighs> I truly can't remember how I got to this room. I heard the baby crying, and I... I a baby's cries can carry in a house like this. I wouldn't be concerned about it. I thought I heard John's voice, too. He was calling out for me. Yes, he was worried when he didn't find you in your room. He was worried about me? Of course. Come now. Take my hand. Have you seen my pens? Someone has taken my pens and my ink. What did John tell you about your writing? He said it wasn't healthy for me. You said it yourself. You have too active of an imagination. Writing is too stimulating for you right now. You must allow your mind as well as your body to rest. I find great comfort and release in my writing, but John said that I should never pick up a pen again. I want you to concentrate on just one day at a time. Moving through the hallways, I spotted a small writing desk with a pen resting on the surface. As we passed it, I coughed and dropped my handkerchief on the ground. As Jenny turned away to retrieve it, I quietly snatched the pen off the desk and hid it in my robe. Was I wrong to disobey Jenny and my husband? Was my writing and my imagination truly getting away from me? To be honest, I was too weak and too tired to care or even think about it any longer. Are you feeling strong enough to make it up the stairs? I think so, if you'll help me. Of course I'll help you. Now grab the rail. Oh, dear God, I've never felt so weak. Just a little further. Don't worry, I've got you. There you go. Can you tell John to come up and see me? I feel I need the tonic of his company. I'm afraid he's away on the mainland. Away? Yes, he had to tend to a serious patient. A serious patient? I'm so glad my case is not serious. 
I sometimes feel that John does not know how much I suffer. Of course, he truly does not feel there's any reason for me to be suffering, so why should he worry? That's a terribly unfair thing for you to say. He's very concerned about you. Have you ever thought about how hard it is for him that he's not sure how to treat you? Oh my, yes. The anguish he must endure and his feelings of inadequacy. How cruel you can be. You're talking about your husband. Yes, he is my husband and my physician. Perhaps that is one reason I do not get well faster. Let's get you to your room. There's no talking to you when you get like this. Yes, take her to an island, lock her away from prying eyes and ears. We can't have a woman expressing her true thoughts, now can we? I don't really have time for this right now. It seems abandonment runs in your family. I have to go help Mary with your baby. Go to bed. Hopefully, you will wake up in a more agreeable manner. Would you like some warm milk? Forgive me for being so ill-tempered. I don't know what comes over me sometimes. Jenny... Promise not to tell John how disagreeable I've been. I really don't want to upset him. You know I appreciate what you do for John and me. Just get some rest, and we'll talk about it in the morning. Yes, of, of course. Thank you, Jenny. Good night. Good night. Jenny. Jenny, no, no, please don't lock me in. I need to rest, too. There's no reason for you to leave your room until morning. Don't lock me up in here, please. I won't leave the room, I promise. Quiet now. You'll wake the baby. Go to sleep. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> How can I describe this horrible room, this prison that I find myself locked up in? To think that this atrocious place was once a nursery why in God's name, then, would the windows be barred and metal rings and things be attached to the walls? Ugh, the walls, which are covered in the most horrid wallpaper imaginable. The color is repellent. A smoldering, unclean yellow, strangely faded by the slow-turning sunlight and the pattern twisting and crawling up, down and sideways. It lolls like a broken neck with bulbous, unblinking eyes staring at you from every direction. I never saw so much expression in an inanimate thing before. Around the head of my bed and all along the bottom side of the room, low down, it is stripped or rubbed off in great patches. Who stayed in this room before me and what went on within these walls? I shudder to think. John? John, is that you? Yes, dear, it's me. How is my little goose? Do I hear voices? Voices? Oh, yes. I invited Mother and Nellie and the children over for the evening. Mother wanted so badly to see the baby. But I hear a man's voice. <laughs> That's Cousin Henry. He and Julia came along. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Henry, of course. That's his boisterous laugh I hear. Oh, it will be so nice to see all of them. I haven't had any company in such a long time. N -n not tonight, dear. Lie back down. 
I would as soon put fireworks in your pillowcase as to let you have all those stimulating people around you right now. But John, I need... Now, now. Doctor's orders. It's for your own good. I've brought you some food. Your recovery depends on your strength, my dear, so you must promise me you will work on your appetite. Has anyone asked about me? Of course they have. They are all very concerned about you, and they completely understand that you need your rest. I'll be back in the morning to check on you. John, please don't go. It's so lonely up here. Won't you just stay with me just for a while? Helen, please. Let go of me and lie back down. I wouldn't be a very good host to our guests now, would I? Your guests. Now, I want you to eat and go back to sleep. Can you do that for me? Yes. I'll try to keep the noise down. I promise when you are well, we will have Cousin Henry and Julia over for a visit. I know how much you enjoy talking to him about his writing. Yes, I'd like that. Not just his writing, but writing in general, one writer to another. Yes. Now eat. Mary fixed you a nice piece of rare meat that will give you iron. And drink your cream. It will help you sleep. To keep my journaling a secret, I have taken to writing at night by lantern light. I cannot sleep anyway with this thunder and heavy downpour. The lightning flashes through the barred windows, casting bold stripes on the walls. Is it a trick of the light? Or is the ornate scrollwork pattern shifting? I take the lantern and move up closer to the wall, reaching out to touch it. Something is decidedly strange about it. I feel as if I can see things or other patterns residing just beneath the surface. As I tear away a piece of the wallpaper, a loud burst of thunder and crack of lightning illuminates the room. Well, it's good to see that you're at least on your bed, if not in it. I brought your tonics and your favorite, cod liver oil. I'd rather have wine or ale. Of course you would. Now, do you want me to give them to you, or would you like to take them yourself? I'll set them there. I'd like to take the tray, so I need you to take them all now, please. Fine. What are you doing? This paper, when you brought it up the other day, it reminded me to check it. I found yellow stains on all of your clothes and even on some of John's. I wish you both would be a little bit more careful. It does not come out easily. And there's a smell. So you can smell it? Yes, it's subtle. It is, it's very subtle. A very peculiar odor, especially strong after a rain. I've spent hours trying to analyze it, and the only thing I can think of is that it smells like, well, 
It smells like the color of the paper. What do you mean? It has a yellow smell. It is an odd smell. I'm so relieved. Why? I thought I was the only one who smelled it. I didn't dare bring it up and I started to doubt myself. Is there anything else you find odd about the wallpaper? Odd? I wasn't going to say anything, but now, well, I feel like I can talk to you. Well, of course you can. The pattern. Sometimes it appears to change as the light changes. You mean the color? Yes, yes, the color too, but it's the pattern that intrigues me. Oh, let's just forget it. No, no, tell me. What do you see? Promise you won't laugh at me? Or tell John? I promise. There's a kind of sub-pattern, a slightly darker shade just below or behind the surface of the pattern on top. It's particularly visible in the moonlight or by candlelight. So that's what you're doing at night instead of sleeping. Actually, it helps me sleep. Trying to follow that pointless pattern around the room to some sort of conclusion is as good as gymnastics, I assure you. <laughs> Which also accounts for the stains on your clothes. This sub-pattern you see, what does it look like? It changes. Sometimes it is just a shape, and other times it appears like... like bars. Bars? Yes, but... But what? It, it moves. Moves? The pattern? Yes. Sometimes I can almost swear that someone is behind it, shaking it. What? Dear God, you think people are behind the walls? No. No, no, of course not. I won't need to tell John about this. Please, no, no, you mustn't. You promise. Helen, this could be something serious. No, it isn't. It's just something I do to help keep my mind active. That's what John and I are afraid of, your overactive imagination. I know something real from something unreal. There really is no need to bother John about all this. He will just laugh at the both of us. You're probably right, but I feel it is my duty to say something. What about your promise to me? I trusted you and was speaking to you woman to woman. Isn't there a duty in that? Not when it's for your own good. Why is it that everyone knows better than me what is for my own good? I am not a child, and yet I am treated like one. A woman should be seen and not heard. Is that why I'm being punished? Punished? The last thing we would do is punish you. I'm sorry, but outbursts like this give me no other choice but to tell John. No, please don't. I am getting better, aren't I? I'm sorry, Helen. John is your physician. I must tell him. Jenny, please. It's just a game I play. Really, th that's, that's all it is. Jenny, I, I don't see people behind the walls. I don't. I don't. Helen, where are you? John? Helen, what are you doing on the floor? Get up where I can see you. John, I've been waiting for you. Darling, where are your clothes? I've been waiting for you, John. Here, put on your robe this instant. You'll catch your death. 
Are you all right? Jenny was concerned about you. No, she wasn't. Helen, don't say that. John, I really am not gaining here. I wish you would take me away. Darling, our release is up in two weeks. And the repairs are not yet finished at home, so we really can't return. Besides, you are getting better, whether you can see it or not. Better in body, perhaps, but my mind, it's, it's, it's slipping. I, Helen, I, Helen, I, I beg of you, for my sake, for our child's sake, as well as for your own, that you, you will not let that idea take hold of you. But I'm afraid, John. There's no reason for you to be afraid. I'm here. I'm right here. You are my darling and my comfort and all I have. So you must use your willpower, your self-control, and not let any silly fancies run away with you. Can you do that for me? I'll try. But I miss you so much. Stay with me, please. Don't go away. I'm not going anywhere. Just two weeks more, and then when you are better, we will take a nice trip while Jenny is getting the house ready for us. Come now. Let's get you to bed. John, the bed rest is not helping. I, I really, I'm not getting any better. Can you not trust me as your physician, if not your husband, when I tell you that you are? You are determined to be as sick as you please. Now, now. Stop, stop, stop that. Come now. Let's go to sleep. Are you going to sleep with me? Helen. Please, John, just for tonight. I need you beside me. Helen, I don't think it would be good. For you, you need to sleep. I will. I promise I will sleep. <laughs> All right. But I will not stay with you through the night, only until you go to sleep. You will. Thank you. I promise I will be good, and I know that I will sleep better with you here beside me. What's this? A journal? Please, John, don't take it from me. I don't wish for anyone to read it. My God, read it. There's nothing on it but gibberish. It's worse than I imagined. No, you're wrong, John. It is the only thing keeping me healthy. This, this is not healthy. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? You said that I... That I, I said you were not to write until you were well again. But it is a great relief to my it mind. It is not a relief. Your habit of story making is an irritant to your well-being. What are you doing? Where's the pen and the ink? I'm disappointed in you. I know you're stronger than this. Give them to me now, Helen. Here. And the ink. Helen, I demand that you give me the ink. I ran out of ink, and so I... I... You what? I... Dear God, your fingers are pricked raw, your own blood. This is unacceptable. Please, John, don't go. I'm sorry. I thought you had more sense, more more self-control. And if you don't pick up faster, I shall have no choice but to send you to where Mitchell. No, no, please. Please don't send me to him. What choice have I when you've done something like this, when you refuse to follow my instructions? Please, John, I know you're upset with me, but don't leave me alone here tonight. Not tonight. It, it is a full moon tonight, and the moonlight, it creeps around the room so, so slowly, and it, it is as plain as it can be. What is? 
what is as plain as can be? Nothing. How can I treat you when you are so secretive? That next week I'm going to set up an appointment for you to see where Mitchell. Maybe he can get some answers out of it. The wallpaper. What? The moon. It illuminates the patterns of the wallpaper in a in a strange way. The wallpaper. That damned wall. I have a mind to whitewash over that wallpaper, but then it would be the furniture or the barred windows or something else that caught your imagination. You really are letting it get the better of you. John, please take me from this place. I just don't know what I'm going to do with you. I I will see if I can get us out of the rental and try to speed up the repairs at home, but I can't promise you anything. For the time being, you must take pains to control yourself and put in check these imaginative tendencies of yours. Can you promise me that? John, please. Can you promise me that? I will try. I, honestly, I will. I try. I don't want to hear try. Strong, determined thoughts lead to a strong mind. You must cultivate these things or they will wither away. You know that. Yes, but... The journal is exactly the type of thing that stimulates your imagination to the point of delusion. It has made you afraid of wallpaper. For God's sake. Now go... To bed. We'll talk more about this in the morning. But John, I, I don't want to stay here There will alone. be no more discussion. I will return in the morning. Please, John. No, don't lock me in. Please. Don't leave me in here alone, John. John? John! has revealed something to me at last. The front pattern does move, and no wonder the woman behind the wall shakes it. Don't be afraid. I know you're in there. I've seen you creeping about inside, as I have been creeping about outside, mirroring your movements. My shoulder just fits in that long smooch around the bottom of the wall so I cannot lose my way. And now that I have found you, I want to help you escape. I know it's frustrating, but nobody could climb through this pattern without being strangled by it. It has to come off for you to be free. Wait. many of you are in there? I must work quickly to get you all out before they return. If only this top pattern could be gotten off from the one under it. Wait, I'll be right back, I promise. We can't let them in, not when we are so close. 
that should stop them. They won't be able to get in now. And I can continue removing this top pattern and get you all out of there. Did you hear that? <gasps> it's the wallpaper. It shrieks with derision. Let it cry out. Open this door. <laughs> but it's no use. He can't move it. He can't stop us. Open the door, my darling. John, dear, you have the key. You've locked me in, remember? Something is blocking it. You have the key, my darling. It's not locked, dear. Something is you blocking it. You have the key, it. my darling. You have the key. <laughs> What's going on? She's locked the door away. Push it, open. push it open. What's the matter? Is something wrong? Oh, Mary, thank God you're here. Helen has blocked the door at the cabinet. We need to get inside. Yes, everyone put your shoulder to it. And now on three. One, two, three. Push! <laughs> Praise the Lord, she's crawling around in circles! Dear God. Helen, for God's sake, what are you doing? got out at last, Sean, in spite of both of you, and I've pulled off most of the wallpaper, so you can't put me back in, should that man have fainted and right across my path by the wall so that I have no choice but to creep over him every time I circle. But don't worry. Now that I've escaped, now that I am free, I'll help all of you escape too. Ooh, this story puts the creep back into the word creepy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for a moment, I thought I'd never get out of that wall. As difficult as that was, it was even harder for author Charlotte Perkins Gilman to get this story published. Male editors said they were afraid of the threat it posed to the relatives of such deranged persons as the heroine of her story. But... Obviously, they didn't want to look deep enough now, did they? What was really beneath the yellow wallpaper? How about the sad fact that women were treated like property, or at best children, to be seen but not heard? This is your horror host, the Tomb Traveler, inviting you to join us for another fright-filled episode of Tales to Tremble By. <laughs> Thank you.
This play was originally performed as part of the History Lit series produced by Unbound Productions. The stage play version of this script and others in the series are available through Steel Spring Stage Rights. You have been listening to Theater of the Mind, Series 2, Tales to Tremble By. Episode 2, The Yellow Wallpaper. Adapted and directed by Jeff G. Rack from a story by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Technical Director, Charlie Mount. Music composed and performed by Jay Wolfel. Presenting our voice talent players for The Yellow Wallpaper. Helen Raymond was played by Shelby Cosey. John Raymond was played by Michael Pearl. Jenny Raymond was played by Bernadette Bonfiglio. Mary Washington was played by Angie Hoban. Dustin Hess as the Tomb Traveler. And I'm your host, Jeff Rack. <laughs>